I mean, that first hour flew by. Holy mackerel. Good stuff. Listening to Brian Gunnikins talk to the national media. And then Mike Clemens giving us a call and giving, giving us an update down there in Indianapolis at the Combine as things are starting to get underway down there. So what we wanted to do, Brian Gunnikins, the way it works is you go to the podium and you're, you're in the spotlight via the NFL. So all the national media that are covering the Combine get a chance to ask you questions. And then afterwards... He uh, ends up meeting for 10 minutes or so with the local media, the people that cover it on the daily, uh, people that are in Green Bay, people that are, whether it's TV, radio, whatever, uh, and the reporters, the news writers, uh, they all get a chance to sit down and talk with him. So we we let you hear already the national side of things. Now we want you to hear the local side of things. This is Brian Gutekinds with the local media. Take a, take a listen. I don't know. If it looks fine, I'm fine. You stood in this room a year ago. Your your roster was much different. Your personnel was much different. And I know we've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. that over the last calendar year. But does it hit you as you're here before the draft how much change has taken place? Not really. I think it's just it's kind of like it's in the the process kind of never ends, right? And we're constantly changing. We're constantly under construction. And so um, this is always the combine is always a kind of a, a a marking point of of getting ready for the new league year and the draft and free agency and um, you know, we've had some time to, to kind of look back at the 2023 season and evaluate it and kind of, you know, just kind of start really thinking about where we want to go with this 2024 team and then how we want to construct it. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't, I, I don't spend a lot of time looking back after we get, um, past this process. Um, but uh, I think we got a, you know, a young, um, exciting team and, and we're looking to add a competition to all those rooms. How do you assess the strength of your rosters and you're ready for free agency and then the no, I think you know. Our, overall, I think our team is in, is in good shape. I think we have uh, a, a very strong um, roster, um, but you know, nothing is set in stone in this league. And we're going to bring in as many guys as we can to be competitive. Um, and I would imagine that our roster will look a lot different than it did last year, like it always does from year to year. Um, and we're excited about that. Does that keep people? I don't say players necessarily, but people kind of on their toes, knowing how much draft capital have you have, how much influx there is likely to be just from year to year? Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I think, you know, I spoke about it earlier, and I think I do believe that when there's competition in the room, it brings out the best in every player. Um, I think it's hard to be at your best when, um, you know, you're not being pushed uh, to be your best. So um, I don't know if it's necessarily on their toes, but um, I know that uh, the more competition we can have in each room, um, uh, the better we'll be as a football team. I know the, the free agency, uh, the salary cap number going up as much as it did. How much does that help you in kind of get from where we were a few years ago coming out of COVID with mm-hmm. now going as high, maybe back to where it should be? Yeah. So how much does that help you? It's, it's very helpful when it, when it goes up. It can't, can't go high enough and, and for me. Um, but at the same time, it's really about the decisions we make moving forward and how we, you know, how we structure some of those things. So, um, you know, the, the, the news was good to hear, and I think it will help us with some flexibility and um, it may alter some decisions that, that uh, we make and how we go about it. But overall, I think it's not going to really change our approach too much. I love, how, I love Ron's question, so I'm just going to steal it. Um, everybody, how many teams here are looking for a quarterback? And how many of them want what you have going from Favre to Rodgers and now yeah. short of the very good year? How, have, how has this program done that over and over? Yeah. 
You know, we've always valued the quarterback position uh, very highly, but so has every other team, you know, and it's, it's, so, it's such a hard position to play in the National Football League. Um, I think if we've done anything right is that we've, we've, we've always kind of addressed it and drafted guys and, and brought them in, and then we've also allowed them time before they had to play. I mean, that's, you know, um, that's one thing that we've done. Um, but, um, you know, I don't, there's no magic formula. There's no, um, you know, just a lot of, quite frankly, a lot of our scouts doing really, really good hard work and um, picking right players and coaches that really develop these guys and, um, you know, put the time and effort into them. And um, uh, excited for Jordan and where he's going and where he, what he can do in his career. Um, but, um, you know, I've been here, um, you know, over 25 years and kind of seen all, all, all through those transitions. And uh, I don't think there's any one particular thing. It's a, it's a multi, multiple things. You're getting a lot of praise, though, from national media that the Packers gave that time for a quarterback mm -hmm. to develop, and of course, then he turned out for you. And it's the same thing that Andy did in Kansas City, right, between Alex Smith and Patrick. I mean, you've got to say that, but you, you can't draft that guy and throw him in week one. Yeah, and the one thing we have had, and, and so did Kansas City, is they had a, a really good quarterback in-house that a player could come in and learn from, you know, um, and that's unique. Uh, that doesn't happen a lot. So. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think it's it's exceptionally important position, as everyone knows, and sometimes you have to make some short-term sacrifices for long-term gain, and I know that's we've always believed in that. Brian, how do you feel about the safeties class in the draft? And if you if you feel like it's a little sparse, does that mean you'll have to be more aggressive in free agency to address that? Because I think it's a good college safety class. Again, we're still getting to know these guys a little bit, and this week's a big big part of that. Um, but no, we'll address it. And it any way we can to, to improve that group. Um, we have some young players coming back we're excited about. Um, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll take each decision, whether it's free agency, whether it's um, a draft, whether it's waiver claims, things like that, and we'll address it um, probably in multiple ways. You referenced this week. In your experience, how big is this week in, in terms of actual final mm -hmm. evaluations? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of what the process is. You know, no, no final evaluations are going to be made today or this week. Um, but they're, you're, it's, a, it's a, a week of gathering a ton of information. Uh, everyone knows that the medical is probably the most important thing, but it's also a chance for a lot of us to, to sit and talk with these guys for the very, very first time. You know, our scouts may have, have seen these guys in the fall, talked to them in the fall through the spring and some of the All-Star games, but there's some of us that haven't. So it's our chance to really you know, sit down and um, really ask them a lot of the questions that from the information we've gathered all fall and, and spring and, and talk to them about those things. And, um, just really trying to find the right fit for the Green Bay Packers. So um, you know, this week has always been exceptionally important, and uh, it hasn't really changed. You've seen a lot of changes on defense with Jeff coming in. How much did you like look at maybe his college tape and things he liked to do for his scheme, and then obviously apply conversations you had with him, and then kind of mm -hmm. how do you approach that? Yeah, not not really looking at any of the college tape of what he's done at Boston College. Um, it was more just the conversations about you know what he where what he saw in our roster and, and where he wanted to take it, and those will continue on. You know, as he gets to know our players better and better, um, I'm sure a lot of his thoughts are going to evolve, um, and especially once he gets his hands on him and has a chance to to, to be with him and and, and uh, work with him. Um, but um, you know, for my end of it, and our, you know, it's just really a supportive role, um, and, and making sure that we have everything we need to play the way that uh, we want to play. So the coaches aren't here this year again. I mean, talk about that decision. Mm -hmm. Can those guys dip in, like with a Zoom call during an interview? This yeah, week? Uh, not this week. We don't we don't have any cameras in, in our interview rooms or anything like that. Um, the I think the one thing that COVID taught us with the Zoom was that how much. 
uh, more quality time that we can spend with the player um, doing it that way than the 15 minutes sometimes you get here, you know. So I think as, you know, and you've seen a lot of staffs around the National Football, they kind of go to this model where the, the coaches are maximizing their time, I think, in the best way possible. Um, they're still going to be heavily involved with, um, you know, getting to know these guys and helping us with, with the decisions that we need to make. Um, but particularly with the new defensive staff and some of the things we're going through, I think, you know, Matt just thought maximizing his time back in Green Bay was going to be the most important thing. So those 30 player interviews you did, those 30, 45. 45. Are you talking about the ones in, in Green Bay or the ones? The ones that are coming up in yeah. between the, the draft. Oh, gotcha, the 30. That's, gotcha. that's a key change, right? Um, as far as key change and, and how. We've always. you did before COVID. Oh. Coaches always coming out here for interviews. Yeah, so we've always had the 30 visits where you can bring a guy in, and those were really, really important for a number of reasons. Uh, everybody attacks it a little bit different. Ted loved to bring in um, the undrafted guys that, you know, that uh, the, or the guys that were not at the combine to get medicals on them, and, and that's part of it. Um, but I also think it's um, we usually kind of use that for guys that um, maybe we just have some final questions that we're going to need more time to spend with them and uh, get to know them just a little bit better. So, um, you know, the, the 30 visits, and you, know, you wish you could have more, um, and that would be great, um, but they're important. It's tough on the players, particularly guys that, you know, might have to go to 15, 16, 17 teams. Um, that's a tough um, tough stretch there for them right, right before rookie minicamp, so it's hard on them. But at the same time, it's um, – you know, it's really important for us to get to know the guy. Do you miss any of the intimacy of uh, maybe the combine the way it used to be when you kind of started out? You, you have more media demands <laughs> now and there's more attention on all this stuff. It's, it's different. You're so yeah. far away from the guys yeah. in the stadium. Um, a little, but I think Jeff Foster does an amazing job, and we're so much more organized now than we were when I first started. Um, you know, there was a time in the Crown Plaza, I mean, there was no scheduled interviews. It was just a free-for-all as far as trying to grab guys and, um, it was an interesting introduction, and you know, but the way we're the way this is structured now, and the way Jeff has it going, it's uh, um, it's just so much more organized, and they do an excellent job. It's just, uh, um, but there's part of it, you know, just um, you know, just have a you know reminiscing last night a little bit of some things, and uh, um, it was certainly much more under the radar than it is now. Brian, with uh, Aaron Jones, he obviously took I think it was a five million dollar pay cut last year. Would it just make you feel too guilty if you asked him to take another pay cut this year, or do you just bring him back as is? I think, yeah, we're working through all those conduct. That's part of this, and we just got the cap number, so now we're kind of like, you know, looking at all those things and how it fits and what's going to be best for our football team. But, um, yeah, that's, those, those are always hard decisions. Thanks, guys. There you go. That's Brian Gutekind sitting down and talking with the local media and just giving you a little bit better idea of some of the things that maybe the national media didn't cover when he was speaking to them uh, in his original session. So some interesting stuff there. Uh, when it came to the restructuring of contracts, there's nothing that's out of the question. And they plan on stockpiling money. And if they need it, they need it. and They'll use it. Uh, otherwise, they, they won't. Um, but he is emphatic of saying, we'll address it, we'll address it, we'll address it. If they need it, they've got that in the quiver that they can then use. I mean, obviously, you'd like to have a lot of that money continue to come off the cap, uh, come off your, your, your payroll, but uh, he was emphatic in saying, we'll, we'll, we'll use as much of it as we possibly can. So I thought that was really interesting. Obviously, uh, they are not doing where the coaches are going to call in and talk to players or anything like that, which – uh, it's interesting because the coaches always at least used to have had an input 
uh, when you get a chance to meet with a lot of these players because the coaches want to talk to them too because they want to see what the rapport is going to be when they try to teach them. And Goody's like, no, nope, they're, you know, it's, it's, they, it's not that it's not their place. It's just that it, it hasn't proven to be that beneficial. So if you're a coach and you're there, you're there. And if you're not, you're not. And, uh, you know, it basically what the coaches have been, been doing, the way he, he put it is they give him a list. Here's all the qualities we want. And this is kind of what we're looking for. We're looking for this guy to be a part of this. We're looking for this player to be a part of that. And then Goody goes down with the grocery list and says, okay, let's let's see who checks the boxes off. You know, it's very detailed in that sense. And I, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, some good insight there from Brian Gudikins. Uh We're going to step away, take a quick break. Don't forget, get, coming up bottom of the hour, we are uh, going to talk with Jeff Levering. Going to change gears a little bit. We're going to talk, talk with Jeff Levering uh, of the Milwaukee Brewers uh, broadcast team. So we'll talk with him coming up here shortly. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by a friend at the Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And uh, the uh, Sunday Music Series is back. Every other Monday, they now have Bingo. And that is back. Uh, not to mention all the new items they've added to the to the, uh, to the the menu. And I just saw they, because that, parking there is always a little bit tough because it's so popular, for lack of a better term. And they've actually expanded the parking lot now, too. They've paved portions of it that were gravel, gravel uh, previously. And they've made it a little bit bigger and a little bit better. So good stuff from uh, Social House. A lot of good things happening over there on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And stop in. Uh, they got Great Bloody Marys. Sundays with Chasers, and if you're going to do breakfast there on uh, the weekend, uh, it's a great way, place to go. But also they have karaoke is back. They've got uh, Monday Night Bingo uh, every other week is back. The Sunday Music Series is back. A lot of good stuff going on over at the Social House. Got more of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you, the Bill Michaels Show. On this Tuesday, this warm, beautiful Tuesday. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Four Seasons Island Resort, I was telling you a little bit about it. they got all kinds of different stuff going on right now. And uh, on the Muscato Island, they have the Bridal Expo, if you... Uh, have a significant other that uh, is looking to get married and want to go up there. Uh, that's Saturday, March 23rd from 11 to 4. And all the preferred vendors are under one roof. A uh, huge bridal expo they have up there. All banquet rooms are going to be decorated. The hotel rooms are going to be open for viewing. You can check out the salon, the day spa, everything there. You can uh, pre-register if you want to do so uh, at FSSM at PyramidGlobal.com. FSSM at PyramidGlobal.com. Going to be a drawing for a bachelor and bachelorette uh, weekend and all that kind of stuff up there. So all kinds of good stuff. And upcoming events, they have the Wine and Cheese Fest. That's always cool. I've been to that a couple of times, the Wine and Cheese Fest. They do wine tastings and cheese tastings, and they do it over in the lounge. It's a really neat deal. Uh, That's on March 30th, and that's only 75 people, by the way. 75 people, so it's limited. So if you don't have... If you don't have anything on the books uh, yet, you better do it if you're a wine and cheese person. Uh, there's the Easter Buffet. That's on March 31st, and reservations need to be made for that. 
April 5th, the spring wine dinner is coming up. They've got a tequila dinner. (laughs) Tequila just... I could do maybe a shot, and that's about the extent of it. But May 3rd, if you're a tequila drinker, listen up. They have a tequila dinner uh, with different types of tequilas coming up. And they've got great packages and lodging and all that kind of good stuff. Get a hold of our girl Barb directly, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110, or uh, register for any of it at uh, fssm at pyramidglobal.com, or pyramidglobal.com. FSSM at pyramidglobal.com or just call our girl Barb, 715 938 5110. 715 938 5110. They got a lot coming up. The cheese, uh, the cheese fest, the uh, wine dinners, the uh, tequila dinner coming up. There's an Easter buffet coming up. All kinds of good stuff over at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Really, really good. Uh, okay, so what did you hear out of the discussion with Brian Gudekins that caught your ear? That, that caught your ear. So, was there anything there specifically or, you know, Jason says uh, a lot of lip service. Let's see what he actually does. Uh, while Margot says, I'm excited for this draft. He has been really good in the last couple. I hope that he only expounds upon what he's already done. Uh, they need defensive players desperately. Uh, do you think that's a condemnation of Goody's drafting ability of defensive players? I think if you look at Quay Walker uh, and how good he played uh, this year and kind of take a, took a step forward, uh, you look at Devontae Wyatt, certainly. Uh, T.J. Slayton was really good. Uh, we're waiting kind of for Colby Wooden to come of age. And if you get that, if you get all of that, and then for, I mean, Rashawn Gary, obviously a very good pick, bringing in Preston Smith. Lucas Van Ness actually statistically and pressure-wise was better than Rashawn Gary was his first year. So if he comes of age and you have a good Rashawn Gary, a good defensive front, boy, I, it's hard for me to say that he has missed defensively speaking because the only area that you, that you can say has been tough has been the secondary. You know, you've got Jair who has been down. Stokes, first-round draft choice, just never was able to do it because of that busted-up ankle that he had. Uh, you know, Darnell Savage did not play great, but he filled the bill with guys like Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon and company, and they were able to kind of sustain – and not be terrible. They weren't great, but they weren't, weren't you know, weren't t- But you didn't have all your players on the field. So um, to say that in a blanket statement that he hasn't been good, no, I'm not going to go in that direction. Uh, but I will say the last couple of drafts have been exciting. They've hit on quite a few guys, we believe. We believe. So I'm excited about that. Um, but it, it sounds like it's going to be another, and it should be, a defensively heavy draft. It's they have put so much draft capital into the defense. And that's why when my, I asked Mike Clemens, I said, is he excited for Halfley? And Mike kind of brought up the point that Goody said was because they're looking for a, a coordinator and coaches that can develop. So it's not sometimes about putting guys in the right place at the right time. It's about the developmental process of these guys getting better, not just putting them out there and saying, okay, do this and do that and go get them. It's about honing their instincts and developing them to be better. And that's, I think, one of the bigger reasons that Joe Barry is not here because it's easy to put a guy – it's kind of like when you used to play um, you know, football 
uh, like the electric football or you played with the, you know, on a screen with Madden and you put guys in the right place at the right time. Uh, but there's no instinct there. You know, you're just playing against a specific defense and there's no instinct there. They're trying to teach guys to play with instinct, even though AI has gotten better at creating instinctual players and such in the games. But he's trying to create instinct and and trying to create development. And that was a very heavy emphasis in a lot of that discussion. So um, 877-867-1670. John says, uh, Quay Walker uh, also was the leading tackler and tackle assists. If you look at his pro football football focus ranking, they had him at 15th. Not sure why guys are slamming him. He's pretty good. Another article from the Packers Wire had him at 50th, so I don't know what the differences are. Um, I I go by pro football focus. I think a lot of people do. It's kind of the Bible for, for many, even for teams now. Teams look to it for a lot of different measurables just to see if their measurables are the same as what the you know the outside eye is is grading them at and sometimes there are differences no doubt but you don't go from 15th to 50th quay walker um without devondre campbell for much of the season had the yeoman's work of doing a lot of different things and i think quay walker you're either going to utilize him in in pass defense and coverage over the middle and making sure you're the the next line of defense down the field and you're dragging you know ball carriers down or you're going to use his speed and try to bring him up the gut. He's not a great run stuffer, but he's better in the protection, better with the speed. But sometimes it's also about the guys in front of him, too, you know, about who locks up on who and whether or not he ends up getting a big offensive lineman or he gets free reign. So I think Quay Walker, if you go back and just watch him, He's a guy that's got instinct and the speed, even if he doesn't in certain plays, there were times that he had enough speed to catch up to the play. And that's something that you can't teach. So you hope the instinct gets even better and he makes that bigger leap from year two to year three uh, and, and that the ceiling has not been reached. But I think you get a healthy Devondre Campbell or a healthy linebacker of some type alongside him, then I think uh, you're kind of you're ready to go. I think things are pretty good. But again, you, like Goody said, you're looking for that intensity, that tenacity, that hair on fire guy as well. And, uh, and you get excited about that. If they can find just a couple of those guys, really, if you can fortify this team with one or two free agents in the secondary and one or two starters out of this draft, man, I think you've got, I think it becomes a difference maker for the Packers defensively speaking. Uh, I did like the comment that he said, you're never one guy away. Or I don't believe in just being one guy away. I remember Ron Wolf was very, years ago, said when it comes to trades, if you're one guy away, you make the trade. If that guy puts you over the top. But Goody's got a little bit different philosophy. He never believes you're one guy away. And that was a little bit interesting. It just was. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. would love to hear from you, 877-867-1670. Uh, thanks to our friends at Deluxe Golf Bays down in Franklin, Wisconsin. Boy, uh, today's the kind of day you want to go out and hit the balls, don't you? Oof, be a beautiful day down there today. Get out and swing the sticks a little bit. Lux Golf Bays, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. 
Franklin.com located in Franklin. And they have a lot of different stuff. They've got the uh, the stone-fired pizzeria down there now. They've got Blend, the cocktail bar, the doghouse. They've got a bunch of different entertainment stuff in that area. The Ballpark Commons, the Franklin, uh, the, the Milwaukee Milkmen are going to be playing again this season down there as well. The Ballpark Commons area is always a buzz. Plenty of things to do down there by the Lux Golf Bays in Franklin, Wisconsin, part of the Rock Complex. L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you on this. Well, I tell you what, uh, for a day in February, it doesn't get much better than this. I, uh, I During the break, I had to run outside just uh, just to kind of walk around the yard. Uh, it is beautiful. It is Right now, it's 69 degrees uh, at the house here in the studios. And, man, is it perfect. Uh, out in Arizona, it's even more perfect. We always know that. you got Brewers baseball, which is now underway, and it's great to listen to on the weekends and joining us now. Uh, broadcast uh, extraordinaire, TV, radio, doesn't matter what it is. He's probably skywriting, too. That is Jeff Levering joining us here on the hotline. Jeff, how you doing? Doing great. No skywriting, but I tell you, the, uh, the sky is crystal clear, not a cloud in the sky, and ready for some baseball today in Tempe. I keep waiting for the uh, he lost it in the sky from the Arizona high sky comments because so, every it happens every year. I can't yeah, wait. It's on the bingo. Yeah, it's definitely on the bingo card. Uh, yesterday was very overcast, so we would not have lost any uh, any fly balls yesterday or pop ups. But it, it's going to happen eventually. I feel like today might be the day on the road against the Angels. Uh, today might be a high sky day. God, I love Diablo Stadium. You're killing me. That, that place is, even though it's older, it's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it, it's right off the highway. It's really easy to get to. And, and the Brewers used to train there back in the day before they went out to Sun City and then down to Chandler and now out to, to Maryville. Um, but the Angels have been there for years. They've got the Buttes in the background. It's just a, a really cool place. It's nostalgic. I, I started my professional career in the angels organization so i used to go out to spring training so tempe diablo stadium's got got some uh, near and dear parts to my heart so what has jumped out at you uh so far through an early portion of spring training that's a great question i mean handful of games right you've got three games under your belt south really played third base a couple of times he's looked good over there turned double play yesterday made it look pretty seamless um, William Contreras looks like a beast yet again behind the plate. If he could get much better, he has thus far. Uh, it, again, it's it's really early. The Brewers, you've yet to see the debuts of Christian Yelich or Reese Hoskins uh, at the plate. Uh, expect Reese sometime maybe at the end of this week and probably Yelich around the same time. A lot of pitchers are getting there working on backfields doing simulated games. Saw Freddie Peralta throw a couple days ago. D.L. Hall is going to throw today. Aaron Ashby threw yesterday. Uh, Colin Ray uh, Ray threw a couple of days ago, too. Um, So, listen, everybody's getting their work in right now. Everybody's in the best shape of their life, right? You know, everybody's up about 10 or 15 pounds, muscle, muscle mass, just to try and try and maintain. But but the big thing is, is that the athleticism in the outfield is still going to be there. I love that the potential of Garrett Mitchell out in center field, he's going to DH today. Uh, Having him potentially healthy all season long just helps this team so much. 
Yeah, I, I want to ask you because, uh, and I don't want to get into the Vegas odds and such too much, but it went from a, a 90-plus win team down to being picked to win 77 to 76 games. Tell me, is it just the loss uh, of a guy like Corbin Burns and a half a season of Brandon Woodruff? Or, or can you t- can you tell me why that there are so many people down on this club? Well, there, there's improvements from other teams in the, the in the division too, Bill. I mean, Cincinnati's a year older. They still have a very young core. They added some pieces. Their infield is going to be all under the age of 30, with the exception of Jamer Candelari, who just turned 30. So they're a better team. The Cubs got a little bit better, of course, with Bellinger coming back as of a couple of days ago. Imanaga is going to be pretty good. You don't expect the Cardinals to, to struggle and finish in last place as they did last year. The Pirates are better. So some of it is just the division coming up towards the Brewers. But the loss of Corbin Birds is a big deal. Um, you know, of course, it's, it's almost 200 innings worth of, of a starter. Uh, how are the Brewers going to fix that? It might be a couple of players. I don't think it's going to be just one player uh, fixing those innings. And Brandon Woodruff is not going to be available until September at the earliest, if at all this season. Um, so you, you have some pieces that, that you have to fill in the starting rotation. I think they've done a good job of some planning that. But I, I really believe a lot of it is just the consistency on offense. They haven't seen that the last couple of seasons. So it really hurt them in 2022, not making the playoffs. Last year down the stretch, the, the offense really struggled to score runs consistently. So how are they going to be able to do that this season? That's the big question mark and probably why Las Vegas hasn't down a little bit this year. Christian Yelich, I was watching his workouts on Instagram. Has he gotten, I mean, I know, like you said, everybody's in the best shape of their life, but it looks to me like he got a little more bulkier. It does feel that way, uh, you know, giving him a handshake and, and giving him a hug. It feels like he's got a little bit more mass on his body. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for him is that, that his back is healthy. His back has really been bothering him the last couple of years. And, and yeah, he had the knee issue, of course. In the 2019 season, the, the weird COVID year in 2020, but his back has not been firing at all cylinders. He's really been fighting it for the last couple of years. Until last season, he was able to stay on the field, and, and I think that contributed to a more successful season. Is he going to get back to what 18 and 19 were? Who knows? But if he delivers another good performance like he did in 2023 this year, uh, I think the Brewers would take that in spades. It was a really productive year for him. He was better defensively. Um, but just the offense and having him on the field and that presence in the batting orders is a really big thing for Milwaukee. You talked about Sal Freelich at third base, uh, and and you said he looked pretty good. How has how is the uh, how the other guys looked at third base? That's really to me the only kind of questionable position at this point. It, it is, and it, it's an open competition, right? There's there's a number of players that could play third base, and and I was talking about it on the air yesterday. And, Andre Monasterio was playing. He started at second base, but he played a ton of third base last year. And I had to really think back and remember that Luis Arias was the opening day third baseman. He got hurt against the Cubs. And, right. and then when he came back, he really struggled. And then the Brewers traded him to Boston. So third base has been a, a question mark for Milwaukee the last couple of years. They brought in Josh Donaldson in September, and he was okay. Uh, Monasterio played pretty well over there at third base. But I think Andrew is going to have a chance to, to be at third base. This Joey Ortiz kid can pick it. If he can swing it a little bit, he could play some third. I, who knows if Sal's going to be the be a third baseman. If he's, if he's hitting, the bat's going to play, and they're going to find a spot for him, whether it's in the outfield or at third base. Um, you, you, you have some questions about what the arm strength is like, coming in on balls, on bump plays, you know, turning a double play, backhands, those types of things, the things that he hasn't seen since high school when he was an infielder last. 
So third base is a big question mark. It, it is an open competition, and, and second base might be too. I mean, Bryce Durang is a, a wizard defensively at second, but you got to get a little bit of offensive production out of him. The, the Brewers' recipe for success the last couple of years, Bill, as you know, has been pitching and defense and run prevention. And, and if Bryce Terang is continuing to play great defense, you can handle him hitting 220, hitting 230, just as long as he plays great defense. But you got to have a little bit of offense. Again, because that offense has been so inconsistent the last few seasons, you might have to start playing a little more bat first coming in 2024. Two guys that needed to work on the bat. One was Bryce Terang, the other one Joey Weimer. Both guys coming into camp. Have they changed things? Worked on things? Uh, is there like was there something like everybody talks about a hole being in your swing somewhere? You've got a hole. Uh, Joey Weimer had a lot of activity prior to him even swinging a baseball bat, so I would assume he's cut down on that. But there's always that hole. Have they worked on that that in the off season? No doubt. And and for Joey, he's a lot quieter at the plate. I mean, he had his hands out there. He was bringing them down to his waist and then bringing them back up. And then his whole body's moving forward. He goes from one back end of the, the batter's box to the total front end. He is a lot more quiet during batting practice. He still takes hellacious cuts. I mean, I was standing behind the screen yesterday and he was taking BP. And I mean, I could hear his bat going through the zone from the press box if I needed to. It's It's impressive. It's still impressive. Uh, when he makes contact, but he's, he's got better plate discipline, doesn't have as many moving parts. So that should help him stay consistent at the plate this year. Uh, hopefully that translates and he gets an opportunity in center field starting today uh, against the Angels. And for Bryce Terang, he's swinging a little bit different bat, so he's got a, a bigger knob on the bottom of his bat to try and help the balance. He's choking up a little bit more, working on more contact. He bulked up a bit, 15 pounds heavier for Bryce Terang, who needed it. Uh, he's a wiry guy anyway, but um, he definitely, down the stretch, really started to struggle with his offensive consistency. So hopefully the, the change in his bat, he's working on some different things offensively, just trying to stay consistent with contact, and, and maybe it's a different style of bat that's really going to help Bryce. With guys like Hoskins and Christian Yelich, is it just a matter of just easing them in? You don't want to go too fast? You don't want to get them nicked up or tweaking a muscle or anything this early? Yeah, and then the veterans typically haven't got in there uh, in years past, right? You, you go back to the, the Ryan Braun and Lorenzo Cain days, right? They wouldn't debut until, I don't know, the second week of March sometimes, and you'd have mm -hmm. maybe 50 plate appearances before the start of the season. Uh, I think it's a little similar to what Yelly's doing. For Reese Hoskins, he missed the entire season last year with a torn ACL. So right. they're they're just kind of being slow bringing Reese Hoskins back into things. He wants to be out there and play, but um, he's on backfields. He, he was one of the guys that faced Freddie Peralta in the simulated game, hit a homer against him, uh, albeit with a minor league ball. So there might be some asterisks on that home run, according to Freddie. Um, <laughs> so, but for Reese, I, th I think he's ready to go. He just wants to get on the field. And that's a big test for him, right? He hasn't played in a big league game uh, since the 2022 World Series. Um, you know, he got hurt in spring training last year, so it's a big test for him to get out there on the field and have those cleats hit the dirt for the first time. And I think at the end of the week is when we'll see Reese. I would assume there was an initial kind of weird feeling walking into a clubhouse that no longer contains Craig Council. But I, am I correct in saying that after everybody said hi and chest bumps and hugs and hey, glad to have you back, and after that it was all business? Really, not much of a remnant there. Well, I mean, everybody's going to miss Craig, right? Um, and he's going to do great things in Chicago, and, and you, you cheer for him unless unless the Brewers are playing the Cubs. And 
keeping the rest of the coaching staff was really important. Everybody's back from a year ago. The, the continuity with every coach is really important. Now the voice from Murph is different, right? And I, I've made this analogy a number of times. It's like having a substitute teacher come in and you bring in that big screen TV and you wheel it in and you watch a movie right in class. That's a substitute teacher. And then real teacher comes back and you got the chalkboard. It's a different voice. So Murph is now he's got the chalkboard and, and it's an adjustment period for, for some of those players that have been around for a number of years. Um, he was kind of the conduit between the manager um, and the rest of the team and he could, he could light a fire under you and, and it's just a different voice. Um, but I think Murph's handling it very well. He's got that dry sense of humor. I never know what I'm going to get into come pregame interviews this season with Murph. I could get nine minutes with one question or I could ask a hundred questions and get two minutes worth. So it's just, we're going to catch Murph on different days, but he's, he's such a smart baseball man. Um, he has seen everything. You talk strategy with him and, and he lights up. So it's, I, I think that the players have reacted really well to what's going on, and, and Murph's ready to go with this young team. Hey, real quick, before I let you go, uh, back into the bullpen, I, I, I'm kind of hoping that your rebate turns out to be like that that seventh or, or eighth guy, or they've got that one, two, three punch like they had a few years back in the back end of the, the, the lineup when it comes to the bullpen. Do you see that? I mean, Devin Williams, Piamps is still there, but the way Uribe throws and the heat that he can bring, what a, just what a difference that back end of that bullpen would be if he could work his way into that seventh inning guy. Well, he kind of became that a little at the end of the year last year. So uh, if you can get five innings out of a starter, you've got a Hobie Milner in the sixth. He can play some matchups. Piguero was really good last year in stretches. Bryce Wilson was really good in stretches. Uh, but if you've got Uribe, who's now throwing a cutter at 98 miles an hour to go along with his sinker at 103, uh, nice little toy to have to play with, right? And then Piomps, who kind of ran out of gas at the end of the season, uh, but still, he had a phenomenal year. And then Devin Williams, you can really shorten a ball game. And, and from what all reports are and the way that we've seen Abner Uribe come out of the gates in the spring, I know he gave up a couple of runs yesterday, um, but I think the Brewers are expecting him to, to be a high leverage guy, be a seventh inning guy, be an eighth inning guy, and set it up to, to Devin Williams. The one thing with, with Abner is with as hard as he throws, he's really not a big strikeout guy. You would expect a guy who throws 103 to get a ton of punch outs, but he pitches more to contact. Not a bad thing because it's a lot of weak contact, but towards the latter stages of, of a ball game, you'd love to see some more swing and miss as opposed to pitching to contact because it gets a little squirrely at times mm-hmm. uh, when guys are putting balls in play and, and stuff off the end of the bat. But Abner's legit, and I can't wait to see him in the regular season. Yeah, speaking of legit, Mizorowski, man, talk about a guy that can heat it up fast and furious, right? Oh, my gosh. He's a string bean. He's tiny, but um, he's tall and lean, but he's got just a cannon for an arm. He's throwing 99-mile-an-hour BBs with the slider, man, breaking ball, change-up combo. He, he's legit, and there's a real good chance you can see him in Milwaukee sometime this year. Great stuff. Appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, get back to it. I'm here enjoying the Pella windows and doors that I'm looking out of, and I know you support him as well, and uh, we will see you soon. Sounds great. Enjoy the nice weather out there. All right, bud. Talk to you later. There you go. Jeff Levering joining us for a couple of minutes. And as uh, Jeff uh, is a big supporter, I am as well, of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And at Pella Windows and Doors right now, 0% for up to 60 months. Uh, Huge reason why you want to give them a call because uh, whether it's changing the windows, one window, bay window, numerous windows, all your windows, renovation, reconstruction, new construction, whatever it happens to be, 
It adds value. It's an economical thing. Uh, curb appeal and interior design as well. Plenty of different options for hardware and different uh, features, such as the slider windows, the roll screen, you name it. They've got so much at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. But the best part about it is right now, if you're thinking about it, you can say, okay, I'm going to do 0% for 60 months right now at Pella Windows and Doors. Call them 855-PELLA-WI. Get the free in-home consultation. Call now because it ends at the end of the month. So you don't have a lot of time, but get a whole, get it on the books, and they can help you out. Go to PellaWI.com. That's P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Good stuff from Jeff Levering. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk some racing as racing season is now upon us. Steve Zotke, Traction Reaction Podcast, going to be coming up here in just a little bit. This portion of the program brought to you by our buddy Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E, Dwayne's CoverItAll.com. And if you got, this is a time where you're starting to go, hmm, maybe I should start thinking about my boat. Maybe a travel cover? How about a new bimini top? Or maybe your upholstery just looks like crap. Now's the time to start thinking about it. Get a hold of Dwayne. Say, hey, because he's getting busy. Say, hey, Dwayne, I want to get my boat in before the season actually gets here. I want to tow it up, drop it off, and just give it to you for a while and not worry about it. And then he'll call you when it's done. And uh, hopefully you get it back. You know, April, May, and then just when, uh, you know, June hits and it starts getting warm, you can say, okay, here it is, brand new, ready to go. That's Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com, whether it's boat covers, upholstery, awnings. When you have one of those sail awnings for your uh, for your patio, you can do gym equipment, office furniture, so much more. So much more. Call him 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119, or just simply go to Dwayne's Cover It All. Dot com D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All, dot com, and you will not, not go wrong. I'm telling you. Here's something a little bizarre. Bryce Harper, he's got eight years left on his contract with the Phillies, and he wants an extension. Now, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but when, when he signed the deal with Philadelphia, his agent, by the way, is Scott Boris, and when he signed the deal with Philadelphia, uh, he insisted that there weren't any opt-outs for him because he wanted to show his commitment to Philadelphia, where Scott Boris always insists his guys can opt out and go to free agency. So if the numbers get bigger and better, therefore they can go get more and more money. But he did not want to do that. He wanted to commit to them because that was an eight-year – or 13-year, 13-year, three, 13 years, $330 million contract that he signed. 13 years, $330 million. So he's just rolling in it. Uh, But he said that he loves it in Philly. He just loves it there. And he's got eight years left. So he'd like to get a contract extension that takes him into his 40s because this contract's going to end when he's 38. And he wants to play into his 40s. So he's now looking for a contract extension. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I get it. You want to stay in Philadelphia, but... Eight years out, I'm thinking three years out, you start talking about a new deal. Eight years out? And he's kind of smart in the sense that you still do it while you're young enough 
to put up good numbers. So that way that contract looks good. But if I'm the Phillies, I'm like, look, I get you want to stay here, but let's talk about it in a few years. You know, let's let's wait till maybe we're three to four years out and not eight years out. But yeah, Bryce Harper wanting a new contract, new contract extension. That is an extension with the Cubs. Juice. Long way to go. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk some racing. Don't go anywhere. Steve Zotke, Traction Reaction Podcast, going to be joining us. Got a lot coming up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show. Two hours down, two hours yet to go right after this. 